0: Hey everybody, there's a couple of people we want to thank for supporting us this month at patreon.com slash comic book club. Let's kick it off with Aaron C. Hollis, Adam Marks, Andrew Richardson, Ashton Gebhardt,
2: Benjamin Brown, Brett Macris, Curtis Larocque. D-Man Ryan, Dan Snow, Daniel Fuentes, Dennis Scott, Edward Martinez, Enrique Del Castillo, Aaron Dorian, Gabriel Romeo, Jeffrey Reischer, Gerald Patrick, Hugo Sanchez,
0: Jason Kelly,
2: Jessica Ashcraft, Joe, John George, Jonathan Jong, Joseph Kelly, Joshua W. Broxon, Kaylin
1: Swift, Katherine Anderson, Kendall Wilson, Clevin Kleinrock, Lee Brown, Lucas Inc., Mark Kiefer, Matt Fennel, Megan Thigpen, Michael Sturgeon, Mike D'Argentino, <laughs> Mike D'Argentino, <laughs> uh, Mitchell McDonald,
2: Omnia Soul
1: Art, Perry Talaferro
2: <laughs> right. uh, Primetime Pauly G Rahadian Sastrowardio Riley Trahan <laughs> Tamela Rush Terrible Jason The 12 Banch Victor Perez W. Blaine Weens234 Will Buchanan And Zika's Viral Comics
0: Thank you guys so much for supporting the show And now, our live show We
1: really appreciate it <laughs>
0: Welcome to the stack. I'm
2: Alex. I'm Justin.
1: I'm
0: Pete, and we are going to talk about a bunch of comic books that come Ooh. out today, Wednesday, and also a bunch of comic books that don't come out
2: today, Wednesday, but come out on other Wednesdays. This is breaking news. This is day and date hot content. We're just we're going to talk. Oh, we're going to get into it. God, Ooh. we're like uh, we're like Twitter.
0: But for your ears. <laughs> yeah, Twitter but longer and for your ears and no politics, you know?
2: Oh yeah, finally. Oh should I break in every now and again with a crazy political tweet? <laughs> I mean conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's all only talk in two hundred and eighty characters at a time. Here's something that focuses on one character actually, Daredevil number one oh. from Marvel Comics. This is Ship Sadarski relaunching the title with uh, The Arts by Marco Cicchetto. Is that brief? Yes, yes, yes. that is correct. Uh, yes. So this is picking up off the Col- long run that Charles sold it on the title, Daredevil has a way of throwing down the gauntlet. This is actually something we talked to Charles Soule a little bit out on our live show, that essentially the last issue of your Daredevil run is a little bit of a fuck you to the next author who's coming
2: on. Figure this out, idiot. Yeah,
0: pretty much. And uh, what Charles Soule did was he killed Daredevil, at least for a little while. Uh, But then Daredevil, over the course of the Man Without Fear miniseries, was left broken. He was in physical therapy. He's not in the same shape he was. And he's not feeling confident in himself. So that's where we pick up. Uh, What did you think about this issue how did this pick up on the, the long storied history of daredevil
2: uh well it's called no fear uh, k-n-o-w yeah uh, so it, so it's more like he knows fear yes i think he's the man with fear yeah this is, is very
0: different from those t-shirts that i used to own in the 80s
2: yeah that's true hold oh. my trophy while i kiss your girlfriend no fear <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you? that's her review of the book. Yeah, yeah. There you
0: go. Pete, what did you think about this? You're a big daredevil fan. Well,
1: then. yes, I am. Thank you for that. Uh, well, a couple things with this. First we see the Daredevil and this bothers me when they do this, when a new artist comes on and it's like a younger, hipper looking Daredevil where he's uh, doesn't look his age. He looks like an anime version, a younger anime version of the character we know and love. So, super uh, not I'm going to throw about- it
0: out there. This is specifically your problem, not with any artist. This is your problem with Marco Chichetto because I believe he was the same artist that took on Punisher
1: and did the same thing with Frank Castle and you had yes. the same problem. Well, yeah, I'm consistent, if not anything. Okay, I I think look the art looks great. Just to throw it out, the I art agree. in general looks amazing. But when it comes to the specific character that we're all here for. You want uh, to see a decrepit,
2: a, a decrepit old man with a bunch of weird cuts and scars?
1: Yeah. Thanks for being
0: so specific. Here's the thing. I will say, uh, speaking as a 21-year-old, that I like seeing people my age in comic books. That makes yes. me feel more comfortable. Yeah. Versus I recently read somebody said Batman is like 35. Yeah. Yo, Grandpa, Dis- who cares? You know. Don't trust
2: anyone who doesn't have an Instagram account. <laughs> and does he? I don't think so. Oh, man. Uh, but hey, maybe that's a great arc. Uh. Batman gets on Instagram. The Batman, I, hashtag so, no filter. <laughs> I
1: did. I did like the kind of flashbacks to the childhood. I thought that was very powerful and very oh, okay. cool. Okay, so you only like them if they're a certain amount of young. No, yeah. I'm just talking about. You asked me what I thought about this issue, and I was trying to break it down. Right, but you start between off with you a two word. assholes doing bits. <laughs> <laughs> so I like what Chip Zdarsky
2: puts on the table here. Mm-hmm. So uh, Daredevil, uh, Matt Murdock, is uh, in a bar. He's drinking. He feels much more like a regular guy, which you would say... Picking up, ladies. ...a person who knows fear, um, is uh, has demons, uh, is drinking away his problems. He's not great at being a superhero. Uh, he makes some mistakes. He almost dies by some like random dudes on the street. And we're, there's definitely the religious factors here again uh, yeah. as a strong presence, which I feel like the last couple writers... Charles Soule, Mark Wade have sort of moved away from a little bit. I guess Charles Soule had a little bit with uh He was more like focused
1: w- on the kind of like lawyer stuff. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, but he had some warrior popes in there, I believe uh, Briefly <laughs> um, So I, I like this stuff, I think Chip Zdarsky's a good Writer, he can really uh, He really takes stories in different directions and it brings New takes on uh, sort of Stuff we've seen before, so yeah. I'm excited
0: Yeah, I really like this as well uh, Too, I agree with Pete that the flashback sequences Were very good, peppered mm-hmm. throughout the issue I think overall the structure and the layout of the issue Was really interesting And worked very nicely yep. To reorient new readers with Daredevil, to make Chip Zdarsky's Mark on it, and arguably, without getting into any spoilers, uh, Chip Zdarsky does a bigger "fuck you" for himself at the end of the issue than the way that he's introed into the issue. Because I spent a lot of it thinking, "Okay, this is good. This is well written." But what is his take? What is his idea on yeah. Daredevil? Mm-hmm. And I think we really get that right at the very end there, and it's very exciting.
2: Yeah, I agree. Good, good uh, last page reveal.
0: Moving on to the biggest Instagram star currently out there right now: Batman number. 64 from DC Comics. Now this is a little bit of a break in the Tom King run. This is written by Joshua Williamson who's been on The Flash and a couple of other titles and this is tying into what's going on in Heroes in Crisis uh, over by Tom King. Uh, Joshua Williamson and Tom King work together on a crossover called The Button that tied into the whole Watchmen thing that's going on right now, Doomsday Clock. Uh, so this is in a weird way a reteaming of sorts, uh, but we're going to see a multi-part story that runs through both Flash and Batman as they investigate things that are kind of tangentially happening with Heroes in Crisis. So that intro out of the way, what did you guys think about this issue?
1: Well, I couldn't take it. I mean, it was way too intense at the start. I mean, Batman standing over the Flash's body like he's going to operate and stuff. I was like, uh, no, new no intense, too, too intense for me. Fuck you. What the fuck, man? That's a crazy <laughs> way to start a comic. So <laughs> you read the first page and you were out. <laughs> no, nah, I'm out. I'm of out. all no, the crazy
2: things we see in comics here, like uh, a f- surgery, a, f- a friend performing surgery and yeah, another friend. Yeah, it
1: was friend. just, uh, it was the fact that, like, he also walked away from the table. So, like, you know, it was, it's a powerful way to kind of start an issue and I, it made me very uncomfortable.
2: We should say Pete is having surgery uh, coming up, so I think
0: <laughs> and, and we're doing
2: it. We're doing Just, it right? uh, yeah. exactly. So I, um, I look forward to cutting you up. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, getting my hands on the inside.
1: I uh, love to be inside Pete's guts. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I no, know. But what you this mean. is uh, seriously intense for like a filler issue of what's going on. I mean, this was. But it's not. Heroes it's in Crisis is a, all
0: about trauma. It's, it's all filler. about PTSD. They're not trying to do something that's like, ah, oh, this is a fun tie-in to find out more about this I cool mystery. That. Because hero, Because what did you think Heroes in Crisis is? Heroes in Crisis is traumatic on a uh, very much basis. So. Yeah. so, of course, the tie yeah, also gonna gonna freaking well. me out. I'm glad they're not doing more tie-ins to this.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, this, I always feel like Batman and the Flash is a weird pairing. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to have a lot to talk about uh, and sort of don't like each other. Right. Um, uh, Right. But they're
0: both detectives.
2: Yeah. But the thing with Flash is he's a detective, but he's also like sort of fun. Yeah. Uh, so there's always tension between those two things right. uh, in, within the Flash character. So, but
0: I think that's okay, right? I mean, that's good drama because they do have to team up for specific reasons of this mystery, same as they did have to on the button. But they don't really like to each other to be put.
2: But thing. I feel like when the it's Fl- a classic
0: Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw dynamic.
2: Wow, very wow. cool reference. Very Thanks. cool reference.
0: I'm 21. Great yeah, trailer.
2: No, Can't wait. Definitely, all 21 year olds pronounce the entire name of every movie <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, but I feel like when the Flash is around, it highlights what a bummer Batman is a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, because hey, the you, Flash is, is a detective, and he's just like regular. He talks to people. He's like, I- I'll go do that. And Batman's like, oh, I guess I could help. Uh, I'm going to punch this glue. <laughs> yeah. So I, that uh, that's it's just a weird vibe to me a, a little bit. Um, but uh, I like the issue. Uh, Josh Williamson is a writer I really like. He does a comic called Birthright that I'm always talking about. Oh, of. Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, so this was a good issue. I yeah, was, uh,
0: I'm i curious to see where this specifically goes and how it does ultimately tie into Heroes in Crisis. Uh, this is very much an introductory issue. There's some
1: weird stuff going on with Batman that I'm curious to follow along. Yeah. Um, he seems nervous. Yeah. But they also called back two characters that I was surprised got brought back because I thought we were done with those two. Uh, the brother and sister duo there. Oh, yeah. Gotham and Gotham Girl. Yeah. 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 I was kind of like, oh, shit. I
2: like that, though. I like that they have Mm -hmm. become a part of the Batman canon. Um, It's interesting if anyone's worried about um, the lack of Tom King here. It still feels pretty kingy.
0: Yep. Yeah, there's the whole uh, nine-pedal grid thing going on. It's super serious and dramatic, as Pete mentioned. Uh, So don't worry. You'll feel right at home. Uh, Moving on to an image comic book, Die, number three. We've been loving the series, or at least Justin and I have been loving it. Uh, Remind me, Pete, you were okay with the second issue? That's right. Okay. So the idea of the book (laughs) is essentially these kids were sucked into a role-playing game, uh, got spit out, their lives were ruined. Years later, decades later, they get sucked back in then forced by their old friends who was trapped there to play the game again. Uh, And as we find out this issue, it's not just riffing on Dungeons & Dragons. It's riffing on uh, fantasy tropes as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, Specifically this issue on Tolkien, the myths of Tolkien, but actually the real life of Tolkien as well. I thought this issue was great. How about you guys? I
2: agree. I love the the way that uh, this series is just expanding the premise. Uh, like you're saying, like this felt like it like a ta- it's a take on Tolkien's life and a take on World War One. What that inspired World War One and World War Two that inspired Tolkien uh, to, when he was writing the the Lord of the Rings series. And we get that vibe just across the board while still telling the tale that he uh, the That is meant to be here
0: Yeah the back matter Is really interesting Where Kerry Gillick Goes into depth About the structure Of the book And I never really Thought about this before He talks about planetary And how this was An influence Specifically on this book And the idea With planetary Was they were Exploring pop culture And how it influenced Superhero comics Investigating mysteries And ultimately That book's Goes in crazy directions that you definitely Should yeah. check out it's so good uh, But here he reveals okay The first issue is the pitch It's the one that's like I gotta sell you on it The second one is where you just very hastily Expand the world and this Issue he his feeling is The one where you reveal where it's actually about And in his mind similar to how Planetary was about how pop culture Informed and infused superhero Comics this is Really about fantasy and how that has Informed comics in a similar way
2: and Connection between the real world Mm into fantasy and how that can now
1: comment back on the real world and and yeah, which is great. I'm so I'm
0: even more excited
2: about the series now
0: that we've gotten. I love.
1: I uh, I really enjoyed this issue. I thought like it. Did a good job of like getting into the meat of what we're about. And so uh, I'm very happy it's no longer in the real world. We're in this cool fantasy world because the art is really taken off, especially in this issue with the panels and stuff. So I was super impressed. I really like this comic.
2: It's funny you say that. The getting into the meat is what I have on my calendar for the day we give you your surgery. <laughs> Can't wait to get into that meat. Should we move on, Pete? Yeah, let's.
0: Great. We have a bunch of advanced Valiant Comics to talk oh, you guys
1: through. Don't spoil oh, it, Justin. Yeah, I uh, never
2: yeah. would. I'm going to be <laughs> valiant about not spoiling.
0: First one we're going to talk about though. This is coming out February 20th. Incursion number one. Incursion number yeah. one. Now, something that I always think is very interesting that we talk about almost every time with the Valiant Comics, but they have a tendency to relaunch these books, but come at them with very specific ideas. So this is actually an Eternal Warrior Geomancer book.
2: I I love that. But
0: structured as an event, telling its own singular story, potentially it'll open up a little bit more. Uh, But that's kind of what you're getting into here. The idea of the book is that another world starts incurring on this world and what that means for the internal warrior, what that means for the new geomancer going forward. Um, I thought this was an intriguing introduction and I really like those characters. How about you guys? I agree.
2: The art was very cool. I I think Valley Valiant does a great job of really tying their events in with their everyday uh, titles. And like, like you're saying, it goes in, it weaves in and out sort of seamlessly. So you're always reading an event and it feels nice as an introduction to the char-
1: the character you're there to see. I'm going to go ahead and disagree. I was saddened by this book because all hope is lost. I mean, the baddie <laughs> in this comic is so evil. Whoa. It's Whoa. like, we've got no shot. Like, why continue with this story? It's super clear that we're all fucked now, and this person is crazy evil.
0: Yeah, it's a one-shot where the Valiant universe ends.
1: Yeah. That's well, it.
0: That's the whole, you don't need to read anymore because they're done. Yeah, well, This is their swan song.
1: They, uh, and in fact, you can do that. This is
0: really interesting with every comic. (laughs) The first issue always ends on a down note, and they're always over.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how I never noticed that I before. feel like
0: we've been doing the show for 13 years. You would have picked up on it. Yep. Guess not.
2: Yeah, we haven't talked about comics in 12 years. Because <laughs> they all ended after number ones. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's been mostly empty, vacant podcasts. Just, yeah,
2: like we look back. Have you ever listened back to an old episode? It's silence. Yeah. Just breathing. Mostly asthma. <sighs> is that what it is? Asmr? Huh? I don't know. ASMR? Yeah, yeah. I think you say the letters. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say asthma. I don't know I'm 21 I say everything <laughs> yeah, And no, pronounce no, it You definitely do once yeah. again That's an old person Thing to do
0: Great Moving on to An image comic book <laughs> Curse words Number 20 Woo. We've been really Loving this series Huge twists To this issue Yeah Uh so the idea of the book is there's this guy named Wizard. He comes from a magical dimension, comes through to our dimension, uh, is kind of a dick, learns to be a little bit less of a dick. Uh, but there's a bunch of twists and turns on the way. And oh, man, this issue really starts to bring things together. I'm even hesitant to spoil anything. Yeah, let's anything not spoil ha- it. OK, let's not spoil it. Uh, but how did you feel about how everything started to come together in this issue?
2: I mean, it, it does it like Charles does a great job here of like taking this book that is sort of like, it's like, is it funny? Is it like super serious? And he just does it. He just combines them like a magician. Oh, wow.
1: Uh, Yeah, this was an intense (laughs) super fan here. uh, This was an intense issue. Uh, I, I love this book very much. I'm, I'm concerned with how things are going to uh, unfold, but I got to trust Charles Soul here. He hasn't steered us wrong yet. So, uh, but yeah, uh, things take some turns, not for the good in this issue. But uh, man, I cannot wait to see the next issue, which is
0: crazy because this was not a first issue, and as we know, first issues are the last issues of comics, right? But this one seems to have gotten an additional 19 issues. Yeah, Yeah, impressive.
2: Very weird. The 20th Uh, first issue. Big
0: stuff happens for Margaret, the now koala, in this issue, Mm, which is great. Uh, There's also, and we should have known this was coming because again, Charles Soule, very well structured writer. But there's a seemingly random bit that's been running through all of the issues that actually pays off an enormous way midway through this issue which I absolutely did
2: not see coming. Nope. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely pick it up if you're a fan or otherwise. Moving on to another Valiant book out February 13th. We've been really loving this series as well. Livewire number three. Oh, yeah. This issue was great. I know we say this about every issue, but (laughs) Livewire has had her powers taken away or at least dampened exponentially. She's been dealing with the fact that uh, she doesn't really realize it, and she comes to realize it this issue, uh, but she essentially Destroyed the world or attack the world. She doesn't see herself as the bad guy. Uh, but that's what she comes face to face with in this issue that's essentially one long brawl in the rain.
2: And it's yeah. a brawl where like, it's like a brawl that she's just losing. There's not a lot of like punches thrown. It's yep. uh, it's more of a conversation with occasional fighting.
1: Yeah. Uh, my favorite kind of conversation. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> this was, this <laughs> was intense though. The, yeah. I, so I thought this intense. was so well put together. How'd you feel about it, Pete? Uh, yeah, this series has been amazing. This was a tough issue, though, because uh, it doesn't give us a lot of hope for our character here. Uh, but, man, does it raise the stakes and kind of explain another perspective? I was loving it, but I'm worried about what's going to happen.
2: It feels like a battle of philosophies above every above anything, this series. And it's really nice. Like it, It's played in such a nice way. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Black Panther, the Killmonger versus Black Panther uh, fight and conversation in the movie, where it's like at the end of it, you're sort of like, oh, wait. They're both... Have some good points And in in this issue That's definitely true So I like it a lot
0: Yeah I also want to Shout out to the art uh, Which is very sparse Throughout Very well structured Very simple But gets the intensity Of the fight across Mm -hmm. And the fact that As you mentioned Livewire is pretty much Losing the entire time
2: Yeah The sense of loss That is in her face That comes through Through the art Is great She's losing both Physically and Mm -hmm. mentally And philosophically Throughout the whole book Which is wild You don't usually
0: see that I had no idea how much I would like this series, but yeah. I truly love it at this point. Um, moving on to another one that I'm sure we will we'll have no issues with whatsoever, Uncanny X-Men number 11 from <laughs> Marvel Comics. So, the X-Men are gone. They lost to X-Men, who took 99% of them or so. A little many uh, of them. Yes, at least 90% if you actually want to go with decimation or something, uh, and shunted them to an alternate dimension. That's where they are. Meanwhile, the remaining mutants are left behind, including Cyclops. Who is back from the dead. back? And we as happy. we also find out this issue. We ain't happy. As we also find out this issue, Wolverine is back as well. We knew that, but he is finally back center in the Marvel Universe. This is the kickoff to the next evolution of Uncanny X-Men. Um I, I gotta say, before Pete yells at us. I just want to mention, so this issue is mostly Cyclops being sad and getting into scrapes and yeah. fucking things up, yep. which is great. And then Wolverine comes out, and I was like, fuck yeah. 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 And that is exactly the reaction I think you should have to Wolverine coming back after all this time. Yeah. And I don't usually have that. Like, I do not care about Wolverine as much as you do. Mm -hmm. So uh, kudos to this issue. Kudos to Matt Rosenberg for structuring it in the white way to build up to that. I thought it was great.
1: It's the adventures of Bub and Slim back together again. Yeah. When he says Slim though, that was powerful. That was fun. First off, this comic sucks for a lot because it's just Cyclops being a complete douchebag. <laughs> Your opinion douche is based only on... He's a, a fucking douchebag. He's no. drunk, shooting his laser into the sky like some... You know, well, there's a plane going by, huh? What, if, what the no. fuck? You could shoot a satellite? You can't just shoot laser beams into the night. you drunken drunk at pieces of shit. People put flashlights up in the air all the time. So
0: it's interesting. So you're saying that like he kind of isn't seeing very well in front of him, sort of like he has a very myopic view of the world, like a Cyclops? if you will, huh? Huh? That's yeah. interesting. What an
1: interesting character choice, idiot. Oh, yeah, now we're talking. Oh, that's cool. Hey, just insult the guy you do a podcast with for thirteen years. That's yeah. Cool, man. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> pretty yeah. weird hearing that come out of your yeah. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about curse words. But here's the thing: what happened? No, no, no. So the. Complete douche. Then Wolverine has to show up as always and be like, yo, you need to get it together. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to have to murder you in front of everybody. And I think it's just it shows what a great character Wolverine is that not only does he put up with Cyclops bullshit, (laughs) but, you know, lets him like fucking, you know, be his douchey self, you know, Pete. That's
2: so funny you say that because here's what's going on in this issue. Yeah. Cyclops has become classic Wolverine, and Wolverine has become classic Cyclops. Nope. Cyclops is sort of a mess. Doesn't really know what's going on. Is trying to figure it out. He keeps messing up. He lets rage overtake him. Shoots his. Let me finish. Shoots his eye beams in the sky. In the sky. Wolverine, on the other hand, is working behind the scenes, being the Boy Scout, trying to keep everything on track. They've switched places, and you, you like Cyclops, who's Wolverine now. No, I yes, do no, That's I don't. what happened here. Dude,
1: Showed up at a rally and shot up a bunch of people. That's a Wolverine. Cap- That's a Wolverine thing Cap- to do. Captain America had to be like, "Yo, what the fuck is your deal?" That's guy? a
2: Wolverine thing
0: to do. I, I'm going to agree with Justin here. Also, just to mention about the structure of the issue. So the first half of the issue focuses on Cyclops, brings it up to speed with Wolverine coming there, and then they have to team up. Uh, and then the second half of the issue shows what was going on with Wolverine while that was happening. Great structure there. Yeah, There's really a really great smart. bit with um, Jamie Madrox, multiple man. Oh, where yeah. In the first half of the issue, he says this very cool line to Cyclops. And then the f- second half of the issue, you find out actually Wolverine said it first. Yeah. And Madrox is like, oh, said, we'll fine. So, cool first. so a great yeah. bit. Uh, and then we have a really sad story with Blindfold as well. Yes. In there. Oh, real bummer. Very mad. sad. Um, this is very interesting to me because we just rebooted Uncanny X-Men. This feels like yet another reboot, 11 issues in. Yeah. But I
2: like it. I feel like they yeah. are take. I wanted them to take some risks with the X-Men franchise for a long You've time. And it feels like that. they're actually doing it. And I like uh, the moves.
0: Yeah, this is great. I can't wait to see what happens with this team uh cyclops wolverine back together tons yeah. of fun
2: i just hope wolverine i mean cyclops is uh, i keep getting it mixed up i hope cyclops <laughs> is ever to uh pop his uh eye blasts every uh, now and again you're uh, such a douche uh, yeah. he is the best he is best there is at what he does yeah he'll just blast them and they'll go Snit! yeah you um, guys are awful. on to another image
0: comics books vindication number one that came out um this was all right okay moving on what <laughs> 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 do you guys think about this book no? no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you a, can't just no. shake <laughs> uh, So this is the to give it credit, the art yeah. is not bad. Throughout, uh, the characters are pretty well drawn. Uh, but this seems to be tackling a lot of stuff, including racism. It seems to maybe be a racist cop as our hero, uh,
2: corruption in the police force. For sure. Um, well, that's what I think. It, my, my main criticism here is it's uh, there's a lot going on and it's very wordy, so it's hard to, and you don't
1: know whose who, point of view we're right, hearing from. and who is right and who is wrong. But I think that,
2: that that I think is the point is we don't know who's right and who's wrong. It deals with um a a guy that goes to jail and then is released and then a uh, one of the jurors that testified against – or that uh, weighed in on his case, uh, was the jury on his case, dies. And so it's like, oh, did this guy come back and do it? It's a white cop, a black uh, uh, prisoner. So it, there's a lot on the table here, but you don't really know what the deal is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's frustrating because you kind of think you do, but then you don't. I mean – I was very excited because I thought I had a very powerful cover uh, to this comic. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. We're really going to get into things. And I still have hope for this comic. Yeah. But as a first issue, I don't know whose side I'm on. I don't know who's good or bad. It's fucking muddy as shit.
2: And maybe that's cool. Maybe it, it's, it's trying to say, like, this is, this is a complicated issue that yeah. uh, we're dealing with a complicated yeah. story. I just don't
0: think dialogue-wise or character-wise is necessarily dealt with in depth right. enough or in yeah. a clear way. Uh, one thing I will point I, I think it's I on purpose. Want, uh, I don't think so. Uh, okay. I, I, one thing I want to point out without lumping on this comic book too much, but this, interestingly to me, had the opposite problem of a lot of other first issues, particularly from New Time, new writers have. Uh, usually, not usually, but often you'll open up a first issue, and that first page is just like a silent block of dialogue, yeah. and it's just like when the wars in Karanthaba began, and it just gives you way too much information up front, and it's very off-putting. The way to actually do it, I think, is hit people with a splash page or a shocking image at the beginning. This one hits us with a trial, and they say, guilty, And you're like, okay, where are we going next? And then it immediately cuts to that same guy coming out of prison, which is too much of a time dash. Like, there's actually not enough information there at the beginning to set up anything particular about those characters. Because that guy is made guilty. We don't know anything about him. He's taken out of prison. Somebody's yelling at him. And we don't know why. We don't know any of the circumstances of any of these things. So... The reason I bring this up is I do think in particular for anybody who is trying to tackle a comic for the first time, uh, try to find a happy medium there. Like, don't pack all your information up front, but you do need to give people a little bit to tease and draw them in before you start hitting them with whether it's shoes you want to bring them in, what other characters you want to talk about. Right on. That's all. All right, moving on to another Valiant comic book. We'll do two in a row. Uh, Coming out February 27th, The Forgotten Queen. Yeah. Now, this is a new character from Valiant. This is the opposite of what we were talking about before. Right. Totally new property. Um, Basically, The Forgotten Queen, as far as I understand it, is war. She's war And we yes. get to see her Throughout the ages
2: Yes uh, There's a lot of time Spent with her In the modern age And then back uh, Chilling with Genghis Khan um, And uh, yeah It's really interesting The character seems interesting The design is cool She has like red patches On her uh, cheek uh, So you can always tell uh, Who she is Even though You don't know When she is um, And you don't quite know What her powers Or her what she does She can sort of Heat up people, make them uh, willing to fight, uh, get very angry. Which obviously she controls Pete. Yep. Um. So uh. So I'm interested. The last page uh, has a nice little reveal in it. Yeah, and, uh, she's- it's cool.
1: Even war can still have time for love, man. Yeah.
0: One thing I would be super interested to check out at some point is the history, like the timeline of the Valiant universe, because they have a habit of doing things like that. It's throwing things in that have existed throughout history, like you have the Eternal Warrior and his brothers. Um, You have the Britannia series. You have this series, a couple of other things. Um, How they all fit together, because there has to be a timeline somewhere. Yeah. But it is very fascinating to me that it's not these simple retcons that other comic book universes do, it's instead, hey, here's a character that's existed since the beginning of time. Follow them as they influence all of history. So yeah. how does that lock in with everything else? I don't think there's anything contradictory here, but I think, I don't know, it's something I was thinking about. That could issue. be
2: cool for a future uh,
1: short, short series down the line. Also, yeah. I, th- I, happen, just, Valiant. I just thought it was a little like, all right, we get it. You know, at the beginning of every, this, it's this lady. And then I just felt like it was kind of beating us up a little bit as we went around and then had the fun kind of reveal at the end. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm curious enough to see I
1: yeah. think where it goes and
0: the art also is very good. Uh, one coming out March 13th, the life and death of Toyo Harada. Now Toyo Harada has been the antagonist in the Harbinger series. Uh, he's been an anti-hero in his own series a couple of times. Uh, and here, as implied by the title, we get to go back to his origins and also see Potentially, where he is going to end or how he's going to end the bulk of the issue is him working with his current team which is kind of like the evil Harbinger team uh, as they build a space elevator this is awesome I love that team and I love Toyo Harada I think it's just such a great character
2: yeah it was cool uh, hearing seeing the the backstory uh, him as a kid I hope they continue that throughout because um, that was cool Uh, and the space elevator was cool too what a weird idea yeah
0: Uh, It struck me a little bit, uh, at least the past stuff, like Magneto Testament by Greg Pak. I mean, this is dealing with Hiroshima instead of World War II, but it had a bit of that sense to it with really trying to ground an evil character, give them a motivation, give them an understanding based on a very traumatic world event.
1: Yeah, I I had a hard time with this one uh, because I don't (laughs) like this guy. So then, having to read a whole comic about him and how evil he is was kind of a little like. Oh, fuck do you this like guy. the
0: evil alien who he works with, who likes to tear apart gorillas? No, that was
1: super graphic. What about the evil robot that he works with? Seeing that gorilla with its legs like just cut off was so graphic and like disturbing. What about? Do you like the evil lady he works with who uh, genetically modifies people? No.
0: Okay. What about the guy who is? Uh, a bad uh, bad
1: Former operative of the good guys so You're talking about the rabies face guy? Uh, yeah, raw dog Yeah, no. That's
2: not his name <laughs> <laughs> Bra- Raw no, dog I don't think it's any of those I don't uh, know. Those are a that lot of terms
0: a... I use with my friends When we're out at the bar
2: Oh, cool, wow You haven't been out at the bar very long as a 21 year old uh,
0: Yeah, just, uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't dark me, bro
2: Right. Uh, yeah, that's definitely another cool term. <laughs>
0: cool. Moving on to DC Comics, Female Furies number one. This is our last title we're talking about. Uh, this is by Cecil Castellucci, uh, who we had back on the show way, way long, long time ago, ago, years ago. So check your archives for that. If we even have a podcast of it, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Uh, but this is focusing, as you can imagine, on the Female fur- Furies of Apocalypse. Uh, it's this is one of the Wonder Comics, right?
1: I I think so. So
0: This has a very different tone than I think you'd expect. Uh, There's some funny stuff throughout, but there's a a very strong, very dark feminist bent to it as well, uh, because they outline in the book uh, Apocalypse as very stratified between the male and female contingents. Uh, What did you think about this book?
2: I liked it a lot. The The future of fourth world is female is the tagline of it. And I think that's uh, the art. First off, the art is has sort of a 1970s feel to it. A lot of the books we're actually talking about this week sort of had a, a retro feel to them. This one, I think it works really well. Um, it feels uh, you get the big uh, sort of superheroic super villain side of the characters as well as just the fucked up little exchanges they have with each other and the way they just uh, abuse each other. It is it,
1: it's a, I like the story. It's great. Oh, I hated it, man. There was like a lot of rape, a lot of bullshit. Like, fuck you. Yeah, no. but,
2: but it's not being told. It's for told, being told for the, poor, yeah, the purpose. Yeah, it's not of
0: saying it. that's
1: cool. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I know, but it's still, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to. That's you know, you don't want to see that. tough. Yeah, I don't want to see that, especially for people who we're, were rooting for, and you know, I, yeah, and plus the whole pageantry bullshit. I mean, it was very powerful to see, like people have to go through that, you know, but man, it, it was it was, rough. It was I, rough. I gotta
0: say, I did not open the comic thinking I would watch Big Barda do a baking contest. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was not expecting that.
2: But I think that's a, to, to its credit that it can sort of tonally show mm-hmm. something that is meant to be funny while also showing a, a serious uh, sexual assault that It took
0: me a while to get a handle on what the book was because of all these different tones, but I really appreciated it and was more interested in it by the end once we had gone through that whole journey, and once what happens at the end happens, um, I think this is going to be a really interesting one to check out.
2: Yeah, I like. I truly don't know where the story is going to go, and that's exciting. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. If you would like to support our podcast, Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Also, do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on down. We'll chat with you
1: about comics. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Run us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow
2: us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us
1: out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and
0: many more and we'll see you at the carpool. Check Channel. out
2: our live stream of Pete surgery coming soon on Valentine's Day. Not cool, <laughs> dude. Good to get in those guts, get in that meat. Come on.